Welcome to the Dark Academic Course, the podcast where we delve into the ethos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sophie Waters. And I'm Sarah Purnell. And our finale for this season focuses on The Swallows by Lisa Lutz. When Alex Witt, the new creative writing teacher at Stonebridge Academy, asks the students to answer a set of questions anonymously, she uncovers a sinister side of the school. The actions of a secret society run by the exclusive ten, the ten boys at the top of the school's social hierarchy, transform the girls' unwitting role in the scheme to a movement, and then to an all-out war with life-changing consequences for everyone involved. Okay, so as usual, we're going to give you just a few content warnings for this book. So we've got sexism, misogyny, adult minor relationships, sexual harassment and assault, and toxic relationships. And we will be doing full spoilers, so be prepared. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to sign up for our mailer, which is at thedarkacademicalsbookclub.substack.com for exclusive content um, and also giveaways and a fun book club for the books that we're reading for the podcast. So we're going to be upfront about this. Neither of us really enjoyed this book. Which and is we had a lot of issues. Yeah, which I'm a little bit sad about because I had I had a good feeling about it, but I don't know if I'm Me basing too. that off the cover. The US cover because the yeah. UK cover is Garbage. atrocious. Yeah, but also it sounded very similar to Madam by Phoebe Wynn, which mm. we have um, like looked at on the podcast before. And we both love that book, and it's definitely dark academia. And I guess we hadn't really seen this book around much, so we kind of wanted to give it a give it a chance. But mm. now I kind of feel like I know why mm. we mean- hadn't seen it much. You have to dig around a bit to find those gems, you know? Mm. Today just wasn't We're doing the work. We're We're doing doing the the work. work. (laughs) For you, so you don't have to suffer as we suffered this week, (laughs) basically. (laughs) (laughs) So, as usual, we will be running through our tenets of dark academia and looking to see how the swallows matches up. If it does. (laughs) Well... (laughs) (laughs) so our first one is a higher education setting often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way so we are in a boarding school for this novel but it's not higher education it's standard secondary school years isn't it yeah yeah um and it's not elite or exclusive it's it's a kind of it's i mean mid-tier yeah, it it sort of is in the sense that it's private. Like it's a it's yeah, it is a sense, private like it, boarding school. Not everyone yeah. would be able to access mm. it, but yeah, it's not like a place where people want to go to. Well, they want their children to go to because mm. it's going to promise them, you know, like the fast world. tracking to Yale or something. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it's not an academic institution. You know, it's I, I didn't word that right. It's not no, a I know what you mean. academic institution of excellence, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't really have uh, any kind of area of, area of uh, expertise, as you often see in, like, yeah. even, even if it was, like, a, a middling boarding school. You often, in these books, like, the, the school has, like, a specialist subject. Mm. Yeah, something they're known for or renowned for or something. And there's there's not really any of that. I don't 
I don't think there's much grounding for the school at all. It's not, you know, steeped in history. The the kind of legacy of this school is the Dulcinea. Yeah, which isn't that old anyway. No, because it's one of the character's older brothers, so it's probably yeah. only four or five years old, really. Yeah. So, yeah, there's it's not grounded in anything. And I think the same with the Gothic architecture, the mm. old Gothic architecture. Because there is like one line <laughs> when Alex draws up to the school and she's like, oh, it's a traditional English boarding school with, you know, all gothic architecture. And that's that. <laughs> we yeah. don't really get any more of that. We don't get much of scene setting of the school. It's mainly the grounds and Alex's strange little cabin in the woods yeah. on the property. Yeah, and all of the all of the buildings seem to have they're named after like English writers or like classic yeah. English writers, mm. which then I thought would have like a lead in to the academics like atmosphere or setting somehow, but it doesn't. They're just it's it's just there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the same lacking with the kind of tenet of a preoccupation with classical studies you know latin greek literature philosophy because even though alex alex is an english teacher and she's brought into this school and basically the the headmaster knows her dad and her dad's like oh get her to teach creative writing and fencing and uh, that's what the headmaster does even though that's not the job that alex applied for and she ends up teaching creative writing and that had a lot of potential yeah in that base there in the way that phoebe wynn did with ad with adam <laughs> madam <laughs> um <laughs> adam is a character in the book so that's not totally left field um but it doesn't it's kind of i guess the the start of the revolution in the school but it's it's not tied back to that place it's not kind of, you know, things aren't worked out and revealed in that classroom, are they? No. Other than those those um, questionnaires that Alex hands out at the beginning. It's just, it's a weak setting. Yeah, I think it had a lot of potential because I remember it, like in the first few pages, I was really like mm. intrigued where this could go based on yeah. what we were given at first. And then it just kind of dissolves. peters out. Yeah. yeah. Which is disappointing. Basically, I think I almost did it a disservice because I went into it wanting it to be Madam. Yeah. And I think part of that is on me. I. But there I, are other issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I didn't go in with any expectation other than I, I felt like I was going to like it. And then when I, start, I started to worry because I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so next up is murder, and that is a. Well, we don't really know. Adam in the fire. I mean, technically, yes, yes, but it's not a traditional dark academia murder no. where they 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 have to they feel like they have to no off this person who's usually someone close to them and yeah this mm. was very much like a, a vigilante style 
Um, it's opportunistic. Yeah. And a bit accidental as well. Yeah, I mean, they didn't intend to kill Adam. So, again, spoiler alerts. If you do intend to read this book, please stop now, go read it, and come back. Because you'll have thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) So many thoughts. (laughs) So, at the end, the girls are very angry, and they decide to take things up a notch even further, and they make these kind of very uh, crude petrol bombs is the best way i can describe yeah, what they essentially. are and they lob them through the windows to where the boys are having one of their meetings um mm-hmm. and adam gets stuck in the room and they say they don't they they didn't intend to murder anyone but also if you're gonna throw a petrol bomb at someone you're gonna know that it's intent gonna is damage. there yeah yeah and he is he is the ringleader yeah so basically i don't think we actually uh <laughs> mentioned that <laughs> The, ter- the 10 kind of run the dark room and it's like an online system where the boys rank the girls' performance on blowjobs and oral sex. And yeah, obviously they don't know about this. And this the book is kind of them finding out and it's kind of got to this point uh, where Adam is the ringleader and all of his files and all of the information and the dirt he's got on his friends that's kind of his insurance policy for keeping this a secret is taken by the girls and he takes one of the younger girls in exchange um and i mean he borderline tortures her doesn't he yeah um and this is obviously what sets sets the girls off onto this last takedown really it's it's very convenient that it was Adam. I think it would have been more effective if it was someone else. Yeah. Maybe someone on their side. Yeah, if it was Jonah. Someone or Yeah. Norman. Norman. Yeah. You know, someone that would have had a bit of more of a wow factor. Whereas I didn't really feel anything. No, I and was... it's clear that they don't really because it, at the end Gemma mentions her um adopted father asking her like you know do you Mm. do you think about it do you have regrets or whatever and she just brushes it off and moves on so but it also doesn't give us a dark moody and or haunting vibe it's dark but it's not dark academia dark no i think it feels i feel like some of the scenes at the cabin were more like in the right direction for dark academia like yeah. when Alex had found like the footprints outside and she was, you know, boarding up her windows with tinfoil so people mm. couldn't look in. And yeah. you know, it had that kind of claustrophobic atmosphere and mm. it was just her on her own. So she was very isolated. And that felt more dark academia to me. Um, but the rest of it didn't. I think that goes back to the, the lack of kind of anchoring in the setting as well. Because for Dark Academia, so much of the atmosphere is created by the setting. And as yeah. you said, it, it was effective in the cabin. But because there wasn't anything for the school, there was nothing to kind of grasp Yeah. in there. I, can, I was looking at the list. I was like, complete, where are we? <laughs> we are at um, hero worship of a particular figure or author. Uh, no, not re- not in the dark academia sense. No, I mean, the boys obviously have this, well, most of them have this kind of 
hero worship of the dark room and yeah the 10 as well and wanting to be in the 10 mm. and then when you're in the 10 it's all about yeah driving forward that horrible and i guess of the two thing. guys that started it yeah um i can't remember their code names so they all have secret code names in the dark room bagman and bagman. Yeah. i can't remember oh, the, other the other guy yeah yeah so there is there is a little bit of that but we don't really find out much more about that until nearly the end really yeah it's very yeah it's just there are so many bits and elements that had potential to be really powerful or to be really interesting and to create um what is the word kind of unexpected conflict Mm. And I feel like they were brushed over and the obvious options were taken instead. Yeah, I think a lot of the um, decisions ended up being almost stereotypical. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I know this is supposed to be set a little bit earlier, which is a dark academia thing for it to be set in a... I think it's early 2000s, isn't it? I think it's... It's 2009. Okay, so not that early. it, It goes into 2010. Yeah. over christmas break but it is still set before yeah yeah um oh yeah yeah so yeah a lot of the um a lot of the kind of actions and a lot of the conflict it like you said it could have could have been made quite interesting and um opened a lot of different discussions but it ended up in my opinion just kind of taking the obvious way out yeah that's something we're gonna talk about a little bit later yeah. with the uh the treatment of the girls. Yeah. So next up is old money, which will collide with new money or no money. Um, I think Gemma's situation is the only one that that's even a hint of a of a theme, but it's not a it's not a major conflict in the novel, really. No, I mean, I personally think that this novel would have been more interesting just from one point of view i.e Gemma. oh god i think it should have been driven by Gemma because i think also the problem is and we'll probably talk about this later but with the amount of povs that you have it's difficult to understand the kind of motivations and the character Mm. um i don't know what i'm trying to say but it's it's difficult to i know what you mean yeah to you don't it, it's all all a bit surface because yeah. of how much it's a bit like in vicious with how much we moved around but that was like more in time with this one how we moved around the perspective didn't mm. give you enough time as a reader to invest yourself enough i think in the, yeah. the storyline yeah i agree because like it's, it's a big deal for Gemma that she is an orphan that she is at school on scholarship and she, you know, she doesn't have a home to go back to. And that's a big thing for Gemma. But we don't spend enough time with her to know why that, you know, why does that get her back up so much? You know, mm. how have other people kind of interpreted this? And, and we, But we also don't see anyone else commenting on it really until the very end when it's all falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, we lack a depth of character understanding, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Next up is weather as a literary device. Um, a 
little. A little. Um, her cabin gets flooded. Alex's cabin gets flooded, um, which means that she has to move into the staff accommodation that they wanted her to be in from the beginning. Yeah. I, I don't fully understand the her decision to take that nasty cabin in the woods either. The one that's cold, hardly got any power. It's grubby. Do you know what I mean? Like mm, I, yeah. Is it because of what happened at her last school? Because she was filmed, wasn't she? Is it just that wanting distance from the students? Maybe. I just, I, th- I just would have thought that it would have been, if that was the reason, then actually you're probably safer in a building on a top yeah. floor. You know, where no one can look in your windows. Yeah, where no one can look <laughs> yeah. in your windows, rather than being. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere, in the dark, where anyone could creep up and look in your windows. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it doesn't make too much sense. But yeah, it floods. And then Keith, the PE teacher. I don't, is that what he is? He's the PE teacher, isn't he? He's the gym. Coach. Teacher. Coach. Yeah. Coach Keith comes to the rescue. <laughs> I, I was convinced that Coach Keith was going to be something sus. There was something... I was too. Because he was just always there and always nice. And also PE teachers. Do we trust them? <laughs> I don't think not. I do. Absolutely not. <laughs> I will say one thing about the weather that niggled me and it still stayed with me and it's such a silly little detail. But right, her, <laughs> her cabin floods. He comes... I don't know why she can't walk herself out. But he (laughs) piggybacks her out, picks up her rain boots, which are somehow dry, but everything else is wet. How is everything in the wardrobe wet? How deep was this water? But also her rain boots didn't get wet. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I didn't notice that. (laughs) It's just a bit sloppy in places like that, isn't it? Yeah. So next up we have underdeveloped social skills or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider. There are so many protagonists. I know. I mean, Alex is supposed to be the protagonist from the back of the book and she's our first, mm. isn't she? Like, I, I guess yeah. that's who's supposed to be the protagonist, but we spend less and less time with her throughout the book. Um, Gemma is the protagonist of this novel yeah. and she has done a disservice she is. I think. Definitely. Um, so Gemma's the, the ringleader of the girls fighting back. Yeah. I just, I think, again, we don't spend enough time with one character to really make a judgment on this because you could argue mm-hmm. that every character that we've kind of spent time with are outsiders or... Yeah. Um, or at least outliers. Yeah. I don't know why I pronounced it like that, (laughs) but it was weird. I (laughs) apologise. Yeah, it's just, I think that's the hardest thing about talking about this book because it's so surface level. Hmm. There's not much to actually dig into. You know, when you read the the summary, you're like, oh, agenda war, secret societies, what's going on here? And it's, it's just there. There's nothing... I don't know. I, I wanted more, I guess. Yeah. Is what <laughs> is the conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Right, shall we move on to criticisms and interpretation of isolated elements? Let's. 
Would you like to uh, take on the uh, anti-feminism in this book? (laughs) (laughs) If you're up for it. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, the main problem is the way the girls, especially the younger girls, are presented is in a way that is very stereotypical that that goes with the image of militant feminist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shaved heads, throwing petrol bombs. It's it's very severe and very black and white, isn't it? Yeah. And there's also kind of criticism of women who specifically Alex in this case Alex is the one that kind of went, this isn't okay, I'm going to help you. But then when she is, you know, kicked out of the school, she's falsely accused um, because Adam, who is the ringleader, finds out what that she knows what's happening and is trying to stop it. So he gets her kicked out of the school and Gemma criticises her for that. She's like, you taught us to fight and now you're not fighting with us. Yeah. And... I think because that is a false perception of, you know, everyone has to be fighting for everything all at the same time. Otherwise, you're not a good person. You're not a good feminist. You're not a good ally, you know? And that's very present here. Hmm. There's lots of criticisms when some of the girls go, I hate this, but I don't have it in me to fight it. But I support you. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. But it's a, it's a very black and white viewpoint of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And then also the way that the male presenting characters are given to us on the page, I think um, it almost borders on misandry. I think it just because mm. it lacks balance because yeah. the characters that we're given, again, they're very stereotypically grim. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's nothing expected. There's no nuance. There's no, like, reason um, like reason for it or mm. we're not given any 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 depth or any facets to kind of go, oh, actually, I, I, I kind of liked this character, but now I've found out that they're gross or... Yeah. You know, the... the Who should have been the creative writing teacher? Is he called Finn? Yeah. Yeah. Finn Ford. Finn Ford. He... When we see from his perspective, he is particularly gross, but not in yeah. a not in any new way. And I know you could say, well, you know, the way that a lot of men think about and speak to women, you know, none of that is new. All of that is none of that has changed. But with fiction, you have the chance to kind of change the discourse and look at it yep. from different angles. And this felt like it was from a very basic perspective. Yep, I agree. I think we did we did talk a little bit among like just between us like about how it would have maybe have changed the dynamic and the focus if it was YA, yeah, rather than adult. And I I do think that if we had gone down the YA route and it was first person perspective from Gemma I think it would have been a much stronger novel I think it would have done those things that we're criticizing it for because that's what teenagers do they have that but they're also allowed to be a little bit 
I guess, one-sided in their arguments and then they learn. Yeah. You know, and I think that would have been a much more powerful, powerful move. Whereas I think it's, I think it's marketed as like a thriller, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not really sure why, because it's not. No, no, it's not really. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> There's also a huge lack of diversity, just straight across the board. Absolutely non-existent of any kind. Really, I, I just remembered because when I first started reading this book and you hadn't started it yet. Mm. There was a moment in the first few pages where I was genuinely concerned because it, the discourse and the, the chosen language is quite extreme. Oh, yes. But yeah. then that, that just completely falls away. It's it not just, followed through. Yeah, no. Um, the way that you you um, experience these characters speaking, it all seems to just mould into one. Mm. Um, one kind of voice rather than at the beginning... But <laughs> I mean the way the way the teenagers are given their voice on the page at first is um, it's not good. It's not great. This novel really lacked across the board for us. I think it had so much potential and there was a lot of messages that could have been put across and explored in a way that was not stereotypical. <laughs> that would have been more effective and I just I don't think it delivered what that summary promised I agree but what can you do you can't win them all <laughs> I, I this is the point of the podcast episode where I would usually say Sarah is it dark academia but I don't need to ask the question because ask we all know oh, ask the question Sarah is it dark academia Yes. No. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. No, it's 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 not even slightly. <laughs> Which is disappointing for a dark academia podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've we've taken some hits with the books this, this season. This season. Been rough. <laughs> I feel like this has been a rough one. <laughs> but I I'm sitting here staring at our lineup for season four. And I've got good feelings about oh, it, this one. It is a good one. <laughs> I've got good feelings. So, uh, sh shall we tell them? Yeah. Go on then, why not? It's nearly <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> okay, so our lineup for season four is going to be The Whispering Dark by Kelly Andrew, A Lesson in Vengeance by Victoria Lee, Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice as our Dark Academia adjacent title. The Things We Do to Our Friends by Heather Darwent. My Dearest Darkest by Kayla Cottingham. Ooh. I am so excited <laughs> about these books. Oh, it's such a good mix. I think, I think, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. <laughs> I think so too. And looking at those titles, it feels Dark Academia. Mm. <laughs> But will it yeah. be? That will be the question. <laughs> you better join us and find out. Because we don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the new season is going to start streaming on the 7th of February 2023. And will be every two weeks as usual. And the mailer is going to continue throughout the break. So subscribe. So, yes. You won't be rid of <laughs> us. Sorry. 
<laughs> so yeah, you can subscribe to that at the Dark Academicals Book Club And I do believe we're going to have a Christmas episode. I do believe so. Yeah, just for subscribers, so it won't be available anywhere else except inside that mailer. So we strongly recommend you sign up <laughs> because you know with the new season we've got some fun content already planned we've got potential q a's with some authors hopefully if everything falls mm-hmm. into place we've already got some giveaways lined up for you so it is worth it and it's a book club who doesn't want to be part of a book club exactly as ever thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoy our podcast in general it really does do us a good thing if you can just rate it on Spotify or wherever it is that you stream your podcast from. And I suppose until next time, bye. Bye.